Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Superman number 186. Cover date, May 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Kurt Swan and George Klein. Edited by Mort Weisinger. Featuring The Two Ghosts of Superman. Written by Otto Binder. Art by Al Plastino. Plus, from Girls Love Stories number 119, Wait Till Dick Sees Deborah, brought to you today by the Girls Young Romance True Love Story Players. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go. Kent is approached by ex-con Flashy Fisher with an offer for Superman to recover the missing treasure of Captain Kidd. Superman recovers the treasure and gives his share to charity. Fisher claims his information came from a ghost facilitated by Sir Seer, a medium. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Is it a jet? Is it a rocket? A UFO? A missile? What's that flying through the sky? Superman, it's Superman. Streak of lightning whizzing by. Superman, it's Superman. Man of steel ten times as strong. On his way to right or wrong. Evil doers don't last long with Superman. With his super vision, super hearing, Super strength and speed. He can outrun, outthink, outjump, outblink, outfight, outkick, outsmart, outwit. Above any ten men. Any ten men? Well, twenty. Twenty? A hundred. A thousand. An army, a navy, whole kit and caboodle. He'll land them all. Yeah! Right smack on their noodle. Bullets bounce right off his skin. Superman, it's Superman. Fiery flames don't bother him. Superman, it's Superman, foe of evil, friend in need, ever ready to do a good deed, leader of a great new breed, Superman. Bullets bounce right off his skin. Superman, it's Superman, fiery flames don't bother him. Superman, it's Superman, all our people, friend in me, ever ready to do a good deed, leader of a great new breed. Superman, Superman. 
There'll be scary ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's it. That's the song. Oh. Um, do you know anyone that tells ghost stories at Christmas? As uh, described in the famous song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Uh, I have put some thought into this, actually, about oh. why we actually do tell s- certain stories at certain times of year. Please proceed, Senator. Well, okay. Um, I have been thinking about the human experience. Oh, okay. here we go. Oh, no, no. I'll keep it really short. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, and seasons. Yes. Okay. And one of the things I like most, no, the thing I like most about living where we live is that we get to see four seasons. Right. And I didn't have that growing up in Florida. We just had green, hot, and then a less hot, gray, brown, green, sort of two seasons of mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. When you live in a region that has distinct seasons, you actually get a sense of a cycle of life. And so I think that – I don't know that people tell ghost stories at Christmas in the sense that we tell them death-centered terror stories at Halloween. Because at that time, all the colors are turn, turning and leaves are falling and it is clearly the end of a year. Mm-hmm. Ghost stories, I think, uh, told at Christmas time, relate to reflecting on the past and looking forward to the future. So I don't know that people tell – I know and, and it says scary ghost stories right. of Christmases long, long ago. Mm-hmm. I think what they really mean is like reflective stories that have us think on our past and look forward. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you for coming to your TED Talk. Oh. Uh, it would be a fascinating cultural uh, study to, to do. Well, and of course there's the famous... Please don't cut that out. I'm not. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'll talk later. Uh, The Charles Dickens, of course, Christmas Carol, has famously featured And what is that about? That Uh, story. The past, present, and future. It's about changing someone's character. It's about that that no matter how someone is set in their ways and their material possessions, they are not beyond redemption. If they are charitable. Also... In olden days, when there was no electricity, I suppose the darkest night of the year, longest and darkest night of the year, the 21st, would be a ripe time to tell tales to terrify children. Well, like if someone had two ghosts, like Superman. Yes, yes. I was, and you know, the, just when I said, I've been thinking about this, it mm-hmm. actually was around solstice. I was thinking about our friends that celebrate solstice. Yes. And why we have solstice, which of course is rooted in pagan traditions. You know, why do we have that? And then, of course, Christmas, that we celebrate Christmas, is absolutely related to pagan holidays and traditions and Roman traditions and such. Right. So you can't – they are inextricably intertwined. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that move you just made with your hands. That move? That down your center chakra with your clasped I'm hands. I'm not wearing my chakra we shirt today, We film I? this someday. Mm. Do a YouTube live stream or whatever oh. the kids love to do nowadays. I like that we can just wear whatever we're wearing. We should fil- if we film it, we should film it having cocktails. Well, I'm surprised we're not having it cocktails now, despite the fact that it's 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Trust me, Bob. If we had um, sparkling wine in the Annex refrigerator, uh-huh. I would absolutely be doing mimosas right now. Okay. Well, it's, I- er, it's a Sunday morning not yeah. quite noon mm-hmm. and we are both not at church correct which is highly unusual i should clarify for our listeners we get paid to go to church well one of us does well one of us does me yes anyway superman number 186 no lois speaks a glowing green clark kent this is not a hoax i am the ghost of clark kent you must forget 
I ever existed. It's true, Lois. Says the ghost of Superman. Except that I am Clark's ghost. Now that I'm dead, there's no use in keeping up the pretense of a double identity. That was my voice. A lot of empty space on this cover, but I like it. I think the artwork is really cool. That's Kurt Swan, of course, classic Superman oh, artist. Kurt Swan. Um, I like can the I color go just a real mixtures. quick aside? Yeah, uh, real simple. I don't don't brush aside the fact that my appreciation for these comics has been growing over time. I that's literally the last thing I would do. Well, I was just saying that, you know, when I first started reading these comics, I was just like, whatever, this is stupid, you know. But I have really come to appreciate the artwork, the thought that goes into this. Sometimes we encounter the stories that are just like, okay, they clearly finished this on Friday at 5 mm-hmm. o'clock, you know. But I, I do appreciate it more. I Good. do. Chuck, Charlie, Jake, all of our folks who are listening, just want to let you know. Listen, you I can't am. just single out. Audience okay. members. All right, we have, have to, to say, cut that out. But. You have to say all you people out there in podcast land. Okay, our to our listener, I want to <laughs> say our listener. I want to say <laughs> say that my appreciation for comics is growing. Hey, Rob. Yes, Bob. Can the spirits of people long dead be summoned from beyond the grave? Can they? Can the ghosts of Captain Kidd, Jesse James, and other historical figures return to reveal the whereabouts of long lost treasures? Mm-hmm. Even Superman himself cannot detect trickery when Sir Seer, the medium, practices his eerie art. And then, after a dread prophecy from beyond is fulfilled, and the Man of Steel himself vanishes from the world, Sir Seer performs his greatest seance when he summons the two ghosts of Superman. Well, that's the story. I don't think we need to go on. We've learned everything here on the Splash Page. Thanks so much, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, yes, Superman, Sir Seer says... I have called up your long-dead father, Jor-El, of the planet Krypton. Mm. What if you really could summon the ghosts of people from other planets? That would prove the existence of interstellar life, wouldn't it? Um, wouldn't summoning up Superman's <laughs> father, just the idea that Superman is sitting at your table, wouldn't that kind of be proof enough? Well, yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, Superman could just be some kook that lucked into superpowers and made up this whole backstory about himself being from another planet. You really wouldn't have proof of that okay. until you summoned a ghost I of his alien I just want to recall that one comic that we read where they where Superman took a train full of UN International policemen? Policemen mm-hmm. to the planet to the, of Venus. Yeah, to Venus. I mean, that's that's not something that happens every day, Bob. Right. Not like vacuuming or mm-hmm. feeding the dogs. I believe that was our first episode, wasn't it? It's funny that that would pop into my mind as some example of, you know, <laughs> some, there's life on other planets or other systems. Well, no, taking life from Earth to another planet, that doesn't count as life on other planets. The fact that it was done by an alien who is Superman, uh, I mean, that... Again, we have no proof that Superman's an alien other than his own word. Until we summon a ghost of his dead father from the planet Krypton. So when you are dead and you're summoned back. Uh Uh-huh. Is that going to happen? Is that likely? Can you just leave me alone? (laughs) When you're dead and you're called back, will you be thin? Because Jarrell is not thin. Well, he's not. not Wait, wait, what's his his father's name? Jarrell. Yeah, yeah. He's He's not not thin. He's a little chunky. But he's like. He's got uh, shapely legs. 
he's like sixties muscular fat. Like okay, like dad like, bod. Like who? Dad bod. Dad. <laughs> uh, at the Daily Planet in Metropolis, one day, where mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent, secretly Superman, is at work. Hi, Kent. You know Superman well. How would he like to make some easy dough for one of his charities? <laughs> That's a, a gangster. Has popped his head That's into very good the gangster. Thanks, uh, gangster. Uh, turns out it's Flashy Fisher, the hood. Excellent, chum. <laughs> I'm legit now, see? You know he's not legit when he ends a sentence in C. Yeah. Uh, he knows where Captain Kidd's old pirate loot is hidden deep under the sea. If Superman fishes it up, then he will offer Superman a cut, which Superman can then donate to charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that Captain Kidd's, I will notice that... <laughs> We only have one reference to Captain Kid, and after that, it's shortened to Captain C A P. Just like our dog, N. Captain Butler. Just like our dog, Captain Butler. Cap- Captain Kid's ghost himself offered the information to where the buried treasure was buried deep beneath the ocean. Now, listener, <laughs> I just want to call your attention to this as we're prattling through this comic. Um, remember. That this ex-gangster came in to see Clark Kent, who was Superman's friend, told him that there is a buried treasure that the ghost of Captain Kidd told them about. And has said to Clark Kent, if you can get your friend Superman to find this treasure, we will give him money to donate to his favorite charity. Just tuck that away. I know I've just restated everything, but Mm -hmm. it's important because this is all part of an enormous, elaborate scheme. Of, about which I will comment at the end. Okay. So, yep. Superman flies off mm-hmm. after finding a letter which contains a map to Captain Kidd's treasure. Mm-hmm. We know it's Captain Kidd's treasure because under the sea is a wrecked pirate ship with a flag labeled Captain Kidd. Flag would not survive. Well, um, nope. it's probably like super cold water. Nope. Um, uh, Superman assumes that the treasure is just old casks of rum or flintlocks. Flintlocks? Yeah, you know, like on the old rifles, they had flint. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. I don't know what a flintlock is. Well, what does he find instead? Gold. Yeah. Gold treasure. He knows it's gold because he bites it in half. Yeah, he calls it doubloon. Um, There's nothing to do. But return this loot to Metropolis, give Flashy Fisher his cut, and uh, Flashy Fisher in return gives Clark Kent the card of Sir Seer, professional now, medium. Let's remember, let's yep. sum up, we, they, 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 uh, Flashy Fred, is that his name? Flashy Fisher, Fisher. Flashy Fisher. Flashy Fisher came to see Superman, uh, came to see Clark Kent, gave him this information, Superman went, found the treasure, brought it back, and gets 10% of the cut. Right. And gives it to his charity. Yeah. Okay, keep that in mind. Um, Sir Seer summons spirits from the past. Admission to private seance is $100 per session. Hmm. 13 Oxford Drive! Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of money in 1966. That is a lot of money. That would be like, oh gosh, 1960, that's like $1,000 now. You'd pay $100 for a psychic session now, these days. Yes. Well, what? Well, you would. 
One would. I would. <laughs> One would. Well, some people in the world at this table would. Um, <laughs> Sir Seer lives in a giant mansion, which Superman flies to at dusk, but there are guards at the gate. So Superman just tunnels under the ground. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, the man of steel tunneling through the ground is quiet and is a lot easier. Right, than, a lot easier than just flying at super speed up into the air and then dropping down onto right, the right. house or or walking up as Clark Kent with $100 in your fist. Right. So he's on the roof of the house, I guess. he's. Um, so he tunnels through the ground and then tunnels back up, apparently <laughs> you know, making no loud noises whatsoever right. as, a, as a, the man of steel tunnels through the earth. Um, comes back up and he's just sort of, he's looking through the roof and spying in on the seance. Yeah. So Sir Seer announces that uh, Captain Kidd's treasure was found. Mm-hmm. Next up, Duke Cooper would like to call up the ghost of Jesse James. Do you know my Aunt Juanita? Uh, I love this story. I do. Related, God rest her soul. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, related to Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well. Her father recalls a visit by the James boys when he was a child. Really? In... Uh, I guess they lived in West Virginia. I don't know. Mm. Wherever they lived, the James boys came by for a visit. You know, sometimes I'm probably the only one in your family um, mm-hmm. who says this, but I do miss Juanita sometimes. Oh, uh, everyone misses Juanita. Why would you be the only do you remember one? remember how, like, when we weren't smoking, but we'd go up to visit yeah, her so in a condo, we'd sneak up and smoke mm-hmm. on, our, on our balcony, and, oh. Those were the days. Oh, and she made a great cocktail. Yeah. And she was funny, and she'd always sit down. One of, her fa- one of my favorite sayings that she used all the time. Do you remember it? Yeah. Sure. Dream on, teenager. <laughs> of course, nobody that she was talking to was a teenager. No. Uh, so he calls up the ghost of Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Who summons Jesse James? Who's Outlaw. got my skinny toe? <laughs> <laughs> For what purpose do you summon Jesse James? Outlaw. Wait, you're talking like he's... like He's, he's a ghost. Go- yes, but did he, did he go to college since he became a ghost? Yes, ghost college. Ghost College. So, uh-huh. he's, so he's obviously had elocution lesson, lessons. Yes, certainly. What do you who's think you do? Call, who's summoning the ghost of Jesse James Outlaw? What do you no, think you do when you're dead? He goes, who summoned Jesse James Outlaw? For what purpose? Okay, okay. Oh, no, he doesn't sound that gay. Great Scott. <laughs> Superman discovers that it's no projection. It's no trickery involved. It's a real ghost, apparently. A g- 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 ghost? Uh, so... Superman flies off. <laughs> Doing one of my favorite things. What? The, the, the wildcat sphere. <laughs> uh, turns out the treasure is buried on Turtle Island off Tur- the west coast. Where, where is it buried, Mom? Turtle Island. Turtle Island. Under the, Off the west coast under Pyramid Rock. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Uh, Superman flies off and finds that Pyramid Rock is inhabited by wild Cougars. Cougars. Well, I mean, they are there for some reason. So what does he do? Instead of hitting them and, and, and hurting them. Because they might break their teeth and claws if they attack Exactly. Supermen. So instead, he, what does he do, Bob? Well, he picks up the entire pyramid rock and tosses the cats away. He blows them away with his super breath. So they'll land on the other side of the island. Yeah. Because 
wildcat cougars being blown through the air uh-huh. from one side of the aisle right. to the other is much safer than them attacking him with their claws and teeth. Now, listen, this is Superman. He's probably thought ahead and created a cushion of soft air with his super breath hopefully, for them to land on. The hopefully they'll land on the beach. No. In the water, right? Something. Good. No, he's thought of, he's thought of that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he flips, he destroys the natural habitat of Pyramid Rock by <laughs> flipping the rock away. And, and finds a beautifully rectangular cut pit in the ground. Full of gold dust. Gold dust, because all the sacks have rotted away. Luckily, he At uses, least they thought about that. Right. Because on Captain Kidd's ship, there was a flag that said Captain Kidd. As I said, it's probably was shipwrecked in the Black Sea, where it's super cold and anaerobic mm. and... So it, it preserves everything. Fabric is the first thing to go. Not in an anaerobic environment. It's not anaerobic. It is. No, there were eels and sharks and all sorts of creatures that live, you know, they beyond are specialized uh, life forms that live in an anaerobic environment. <sighs> they just didn't write that in the text. They didn't okay. have time. There's so much else going on. So what does Superman do? Well, he fuses the gold dust together with his heat vision, of course. Mm -hmm. Makes gold bars, which he delivers and takes his cut. And uh, off we go. Good. So now Sir Seer has attracted the attention of the media. And uh, they're going to hold a public seance for the press including noted newspaper reporters Clark Kent and Lois Lane and television reporter Lana Lang. Yay. Humph, Lana sneers. If Sir Seer can really materialize spirits, then I'm Mrs. Superman. <laughs> uh, now, refresh my memory because I, yeah. I cannot remember how Lana Lang comes into this. Lana um, Lang into was... this love triangle. Yeah, Lana Lang was Clark Kent's boyhood sweetheart. Right. Who always suspected that he was Superboy. Okay. And then she recently has moved to Metropolis where she's become a television reporter. Okay. Um, and Lois's rival for Superman's affections. For Superman's affections. Yeah. So Lana was Clark Kent's teenage Girlfriend. Correct. Also. But, and, Lo, and, and Clark Kent has an interest in Lois Lane, but Lois only has an interest in Superman. You've got it. Okay, all right. Um, also, you'll recall that Lana had her teenaged superhero identity of Insect Queen. Oh, my God. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Insect Queen. Yes. Hmm. She can turn the bottom half of her body into any insect form. That's disgusting. Only once. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it serves a purpose, I suppose. She's a reserve member of the Legion of Superheroes in the 30th century. Well, that's something. Um, So even Superman, Clark Kent thinks, as he's panicking at the seance table, doesn't know how this trickery is accomplished. Mm -hmm. So Sir Seer announces that since we're all American citizens, name an early great whose face appears on an American coin. Sir Seer assumes that they're going to say Washington or Lincoln or someone who appears on a coin, right? Right. Lois has got a trick up her sleeve. What's her trick? Well, she happens to have a uh, coin, a commemorative coin, which she bought for her cousin, who's a coin collector, Mm -hmm. with the face of Queen Isabella. Of Spain. 
In the editor's note, we read that the Queen Isabella coin was a commemorative half-dollar issued during the Columbian Exposition of 1892. This is quite an old coin. Uh, so, um, Sir Seer is nonplussed. He proceeds to summon Queen Isabella from beyond. Uh, sorry, folks, but the psychic vibrations are wrong tonight. Her spirit is blocked. And Lois says, vibrations, my foot. He just stumped out our unexpected choice of a woman. I'll expose him. Yeah. Go, Lois. She's got moxie. Uh, that's why she's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. She says, you're a faker, Sir Seer. And, huh? That woman's voice from thin air? We and then your favorite thing, gasp. The vibrations have cleared up. I am now. No, she'd have a Spanish accent, wouldn't she? Uh, well, she would be speaking Spanish. <laughs> I am Queen Isabella of Spain. I financed the voyage of Columbus when he discovered America. She should also know, if she's from beyond the grave, that he didn't actually discover America. But mm-hmm. um, but if we really <laughs> split hairs, there'd be no story. Right, right, right. Uh, it's fun, to, though, to add in our little knowledge of these things. And then she says, uh, Lois says, goodness, Clark, her face exactly matches the coin. Yet how could Sir Seer know I'd pick Isabella? Maybe he's not a phony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now Queen Isabella reveals that Columbus's lost treasure of golden tr- <laughs> trinkets. <laughs> not gold coins or gold bars. It's trinkets. Trinkets, like, like, like a, a golden rabbit's foot. Yeah, like a, a charm. What's that like charm Pandora bracelet? Charm Pandora bracelet. charms. Oh like the dog from Monopoly. Yes. Like a little golden dog from Monopoly. The race car. <laughs> the thimble. Uh, it, was, uh, it was stolen from him, and it was buried in the cave now used by a strange person who casts a shadow like a bat. But that could only be Batman and his bat cave. Something's weird is going on here. Yes. Well, off they go. They've borrowed a special limousine with blacked out windows from Senator Perry White. So this is taking place before Perry White lost his senatorship and came back to the Daily Planet. Do you remember when he dressed up in top coat? Top hat and tails. tails That's how Senator just dressed. And Superman flew him to Washington, D.C.? Yeah. (laughs) So... I guess Superman's going to fly this car since all the windows are blacked out. I suppose there are other ways he could do it. He could have just punched them, every one of them and knocked them out and then had them revive in the cave. But that would have caused some sort of brain damage. Yes. He could have locked them into a burlap sack and put them over his back. But instead he's going to put them into a limousine with blacked out windows because they can travel in style. There was that one issue of Lois Lane where there was um, uh, some kind of a knockout gas that n- makes people unconscious for exactly 12 hours. <laughs> What there was an apartment that was being renovated or stripped bare or something. Oh, that was Jimmy Olsen, yes. Yeah. So Jimmy Olsen's childhood uh school teacher, right? Yeah. And he was switching it was some kind of trickery. I bet we have at least one listener with a very keen memory that's listening oh, to I us. Know and we do. I know we do someone that, that could especially I'm mixing up all these stories. <laughs> well, I'm no better. Well, they all run together, don't they? I've got a I just can't believe I, w- I was I was incensed at this page that they would actually take the press in a blacked out limousine uh-huh. to Batman's cave yes. to show Batman's treasures, his trophy room. Right. And Superman uh-huh. is going to poke around looking for Columbus's treasure of lost trinkets. I mean, really? 
Okay. Well, do you think Batman would let them just poke around in his well, cave? No, these days, certainly not. He wouldn't even let Superman in there. Um, but Batman's uh, on board with all of this. I tell you, Superman, there is no hidden treasure in my Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a euphemism, I by know, the way. But let me laugh at it. <laughs> yes, there is Batman, as my X-ray vision reveals, within this rock wall, that tomahawk shows Indians stole Columbus's treasure and hid it here, far to the north of the lands he discovered. Well, he discovered the West Indies, not uh, the actual mainland. America, so those Indians would have to steal his treasure, sail across the ocean to the mainland, Florida, travel north to where's the Bat Cave? Massachusetts, uh, Delaware, New England, someplace. Yeah. Uh, nobody could possibly fake these treasures that I've just found, and also an Indian tomahawk, which uh, you'll note the wood handle has not rotted away. Oh, thank you. Wow. Now, I know that Batman's cave is not anaerobic. Yes. Otherwise, Batman could not live. Uh, now we get to the part. I mean, that isn't yes. silly enough. Now we get to the whole uh, backstory of what they've been up to. And I just started to just, my eyes were exhausted from the rolling. So Sir Seer, it turns out, is a hood. And he's got these henchmen. And they're all acknowledging that he faked the ghosts of Captain Kidd and Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Also, he did not fake the ghost of Queen Isabella. So it turns out, Sir Seer thinks, that he had psychic powers all along. So what, on page eight, is the uh, guy with the hat on doing over the cauldron? He's melting down the gold treasures, which we find out that the crooks had planted those treasures all along. So they planted gold treasure... Mm-hmm. which was then found by Superman, mm-hmm. which they then had to give 10% of to Superman. Mm-hmm. So they went to a lot of trouble to lose money. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I got to the end of this and I thought, what, 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 what happened? Okay. So the guys stole stuff over the years. Okay. That stuff included right. items that were tr- gold, Right. Uh-huh. Then, it, then they either fashioned them to look like ancient treasure or they actually stole ancient treasure, let's say, from museums and such. Right. Right. Then they planted them, had Superman find them to legitimize the uh, authenticity powers, yes. of, of the pieces uh-huh. and then brought them back, which they were then sold and they can get the money. So basically it's a, lo- it's a money laundering scheme involving treasure. Yes. Yes, but, I mean, I feel like if it was not authentic ancient relics, like Superman would have been able to detect that. Well, they did They did do something very clever in that they, they put uh, Billy the Kid's... Jesse James. Excuse me, Jesse, the James, Jesse James's um, treasure as gold dust. Mm-hmm. So they could have taken any gold and, and ch- changed it to gold dust. Right? Right. But but how do you explain Captain Kidd? Because that had a flag that said Captain Kidd. Well, and, and also that, that those treasures I'm would have joking. to be dated in some way. So right. they went through, an, I mean, a really elaborate scheme to take these, these pieces yep. and place them in environments that would not be suspicious. You know what I'm saying? Only to give up 10% of that, 
what they had just planted. There must have been an easier way for them no. to get money from no. these stolen treasures. No, they literally chose the easiest way. Moving along, right? Because the, it gets more complex. Yes. Now we're having another seance, this time with Lois, Lana, and Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir well, Superman asks, can you call up the spirit of my father, Jor-El, of the planet Krypton? And Cersei says, of course, I can summon any spirit from anywhere in the universe. He doesn't say, of course, Bob. He says, tut, tut. Tut, tut, Superman. <laughs> I wish we could say tut, tut. Why can't we? Why we can say we whatever remember we want. it. I don't remember it. I don't um, tut, tut, Bob. I'll have two cocktails, thank you. <laughs> so Jor-El of the planet Krypton is summoned, and uh, my father, choke. <laughs> who died when Krypton blew up after he sent me away in a space rocket. <laughs> Superman says to his ghostly father, At my Fortress of Solitude, Supergirl and I are about to test secret nuclear weapons. Good. That's fine. For the government. Will our experiment be a success? Hmm. My son. Beware, my son. I'm trying to do Marlon Brando. Okay. Beware, my son. You are dealing with forces beyond your control. If you continue tomorrow at the hour of sunset, your entire fortress will blow up and be turned to kryptonite, as our whole planet was when it exploded. <laughs> Abandon the experiment, my son, or you will join me in the great beyond. Now, farewell. Hey, it's a good Marlon Brando person. Hey. I especially like the puppy cheeks. Because uh, I don't know actually what Marlon Brando sounds like. I've never seen The Godfather. You know, I haven't either. And my father loved those movies. I've meant to watch them, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know. there's so much to watch. You know what? We should watch the first Godmother, Godfather movie. Uh-huh. We should make an Italian meal mm-hmm. and watch the first movie. Oh, okay. like we do with our Indian movies. I think probably the only movie I've ever seen with Marlon Brando is Superman. Movie. Oh, you've not seen A Streetcar Named Desire? No. <gasps> That's a great movie. You know, we own it. Vivian Lee. I just never watched it. Oh my god, it's fantastic. Okay. It's it's dark, obviously, but Well, yeah. I can take it. It's Tennessee Williams. Right. Yeah. He was um homosexual. Yes. I I hear We saw a movie last night that we that I've been wanting to see for so yes. long that was a very very I was crying at the end of it. Oh, everybody I? was. What's it oh. called Water Between the Fountains? The Light Between Oceans. Mm-hmm. With Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. and some girl. Yeah. But it was Well, Michael Fassbender's really the the yeah. attraction there. It was a beautiful movie. It's lovely. Yeah. Anyway, on to our story. All right, so here we go. We are um, now on. Uh, we've just seen the ghost of Jarrell disappear, and Lois has something to say about this. Yes, what if his prediction still comes true and you did die? Then, girls, you can summon my ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on with my experiment, and I'm taking Clark Kent along to cover it. Till we return, mum's the word. And Sir Seer says, hmm, Superman really does kick the bucket. Well, I'll make, just make some plans just in case. Right. Yeah. Um, the girls are waiting in uh, some apartment, one of their apartment. Maybe, they, do they live together? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, anyway, the experiment goes on as planned, apparently, because the entire city of Metropolis is shaken to its very foundations, mm-hmm. just as if an earthquake struck. Look at that great panel of Lois going, kicking back on her heels. 
Whoa. That's great. Um, the radio announces the most violent ground tremor ever known on Earth. The seismograph station reports epicenter of shockwave was in the far north. That's exactly where Superman's Fortress of Solitude is mm-hmm. located. I wonder what happened. Um, well, there's no trace of Superman, no trace of Clark Kent, and the girls are inconsolable. So they return to Sir Sears' seance parlor mm-hmm. to see if he can summon up Superman's ghost. Yes, ladies, I can summon Superman's ghost if he's gone, and I want to know myself. Lois can't bear to see Superman's ghost. <laughs> So she says, call up Clark Kent's ghost instead, because he was there and also dead, and I don't care about him. Um, Clark Kent's ghost appears immediately, but amazingly, two ghosts appear. This story is going off the rails now. Also, the ghost of Superman appears. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. And announces, I am Clark Kent. And Superman says, I am Clark Kent. I'm sorry. I, I, I was I was reading. But, 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 I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, Superman's spirit is giving away the great secret we could never solve while he was alive. Lois says, "I really like my idea that everybody at the Daily Planet just knows that Clark Kent is Superman and just never says anything." Mm. But nobody's ever glommed onto my idea. That's just so stupid. I don't understand why the story inserts that. What this? I am Clark Kent. I am Clark Kent. Because then it's just tossed off here in a couple pages. Uh, no, there's a specific reason why it's included. Why? Well, tell me. Well, you'll see. Oh, I missed it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, yes. Why does it matter now that I'm dead? We're really the same spirit. So the the ghosts merge now into the body of Superman. <sighs> but knowing your secret identity means nothing now, Superman. All that matters is that Earth's great champion is dead. Sob! Sob. And will never again fight evil. Also, Supergirl was killed, by the way. Uh, And the bottled city of Kandor was destroyed, wiping out the Superman emergency squad. Even his robots were demolished. So there's no one to take my place. Uh, Never mind Batman and Wonder Woman, all the whole Justice League. But why did they need to call up? Why did he, why did Clark Kent have to say, I'm Clark Kent, and Superman say, I am Clark Kent, too? Because he's revealing his identity as Clark Kent. Why? Because because he was summoning Clark Kent. Why didn't Superman just come instead and Clark Kent stay behind? Because he didn't want to shock everyone by... Uh, because he's telling everybody that he's dead. Right. He's, okay, I'm listening. He didn't want to shock everybody by... Uh, by what? just appearing as Superman right away. He wanted to ease into the transition. I think that's such a weak reason for, him, for Clark Kent. Uh, the, I don't think that the reveal of... His secret identity is in any way whatsoever related to this story. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I understand right. that Cersei was summoning Clark Kent. Right. But there have been times when Cersei was intending to summon something or the, the, uh, the audience understood that he would, sur- he would summon a person and someone else would appear. Like the whole coin thing that, you know, the, this, the, when he summoned um, Queen mm-hmm. Isabella. Well, he said he... He announced he was summoning Queen Isabella. Uh, but, okay, all right. Uh, anyway, there's... I just don't... Okay, okay, you're right. Okay, I, I just flipped back and saw it. Yes, I, I just don't think that summoning... 
that both Clark Kent and Superman appearing and both revealing that they are one and the same person is in all in any way necessary to furthering this story along at all. I think this is a really bad. Oh, no, but it's necessary for another reason, which we haven't gotten to yet. Maybe Stick I'm forgetting. It's me. been a few Stick days. With me. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, anyway, it's necessary because the story is called The Two Ghosts of Superman. So you have to have two ghosts. Okay. Uh, anyway, every survivor of the dead civilization of Krypton is now dead. So mm-hmm. let's just put up a single uh, memorial block in the middle of town. This is why I think it would have been just enough for them to have intended to summon Clark Kent. But Superman came and said, yes, indeed, I did die in the accident and Supergirl is dead and the city of Kandor and all this. Uh, so the underworld... Superman's ghost announces, must never know of my death. If it did, crime would have a holiday, which is exactly what happens because Cersei is a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. So crime speaks, I can't say it, crime spree. Right. He says, the underworld should never know of my death, right? Right. But then on the next panel down, we see a tombstone. Here lie Superman, Supergirl, and the Candor Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got, they went up to the, to the, his fortress of solitude and and got that it said here lie it doesn't say in oh, memory of. i see and this is in sir Sears crime hideout he's erected a monument he's erected a stone <laughs> monument had someone come in he's paid money to have this carved on a stone um i think we've established that sir seer is not a good steward of his own money no and are readers that stupid? Did, did, did people back then look at this and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Here are all the, here are all the crooks. They're all laughing and they're wearing their hats and they're, they're excited because they're going to go on a crime spree. Yippee! And, and they're all standing around the remains of Superman, Supergirl, and the Candor Superman uh-huh. that have been somehow retrieved from the Fortress of Solitude and entombed there. In a crime hideout. Hello. Stupid. Okay. Thank you. Uh... Anyway, it turns out Superman's hiding in a bank vault, which is being robbed. Uh, And he uh, encounters some criminals. Flashing from place to place, the Man of Steel writes a quick finish to the crime wave. And then leads them all in on a rope chain to Sir Seer's hideout. Now, I get that by revealing, or, or, or rather tricking everybody into believing that he was dead would call the criminals out of hiding and they would start a crime spree mm-hmm. and he would be able to round them all up at once. Right. I get the reason for doing that. Yeah. I agree in that tactic. Uh-huh. I still yet do not understand why it was necessary for him to reveal that Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. You're going to have to trust me. It's coming. Okay. Uh, so Superman figured out Sir Sears' gimmick. When he heard the report that Telstar's worldwide communications had met interference at times, happened to, the interference happened to come whenever Sir Seer was holding a seance. Mm-hmm. So they had a movie camera trained on a dummy of Captain Kidd, which can bounce a ghostly image of it off of the satellite right down into the boss's seance parlor. Sound equipment used the same way will provide the voice. Even Superman won't find any secret device under the table. Well, if they're flashing an image of a dummy Mm -hmm. of Captain Kidd, 
I guess its mouth wouldn't move unless they employed Walt Disney's team oh, good to point. animate the dummies. Mm-hmm. And they would stand there and talk and have limited movement, like dead man tell no uh-huh. tales. Okay, yeah, that yeah. checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and if you were in the seance, you might become suspicious if the if the movements were limited. For example, if they'd always turn his head left and right, and his mouth went click click. click right. Click, well, click. we don't know how ghosts behave. That could be just exactly how ghosts talk well we do know that they go to ghost university uh-huh right they get educated they get educated and they put on a little weight yeah yeah um also here we have the answer that we forgot about earlier he figured out that uh the racket uh, he said i figured out your racket melting down stolen good articles and forging them into bogus duplicates of historical treasures you planted the gold in out of the way spots and then the government never questioned the treasure's authenticity so it's i a guess a lot of work but i guess i'm, I'm assuming that we're talking about a lot of money, right? Right. Well, I guess it's going to be worth more if it's an actual historical artifact versus if it's just gold. Well, and having a, a, a stolen historical artifact might be very difficult to unload. Perhaps you could unload it to foreign governments. True. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. Yeah. I guess we'll never know the mind of a criminal. We can thank God for that. Oh, yes. All we can think of is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Clark Kent secretly attended – well, he attended as Clark Kent, but it was Superman in disguise. I secretly attended your next seance and faked Queen Isabella's spirit using Lois Lane's coin. This is what I had a problem with. <clears throat> Superman calculates the right angles and his supervision reflects a magnified image of this coin's face through the crystal ball in midair. Superman does not have projectile vision, vision no. with which to flash – no, he does not. We can I mean, call we bullshit on that. Well, there's one story from the 1940s where Superman was able to mold his face into someone else's face. So it's possible he could have this power, and it's just never mentioned before or after. And then, how did he do the? How did he do her voice? Or rather, how did we With get his her voice? Super ventriloquism in a high voice. Yes. Anybody can do that. That's nothing. Look, I'm talking like Queen Isabella, and I'm not using any mouth. I'm talking like Queen Isabella, and I'm not moving my mouth. Also, secretly arranged with Batman to plant the fake Columbus treasure in the Batcave. Then what do they do with the uh, the treasure that was the property of Metropolis Museum? Did they sell it and split the proceeds? Uh, I well, He could work that out. Yeah, mm. that's fine. I don't have a problem with then, that. Okay, also, this is ridiculous. Yes. Then he faked the spirit of Jor-El. By painting a tiny figure of Jor-El on his thumbnail. Now, do you think he went to like um, pretty the Pretty Lady Nail Salon <laughs> and had and brought a sketch of his father to, let's say, some woman who did his nails and painted it on? No, it probably Supergirl did it. Oh, do you think they had girl. like a? Do you think they like did the, like wash their hair like and had facials it up and, and facials? Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Supergirl. While we're here, would you find a pretty good picture of my father on my nails? As for the big explosion, it wasn't the Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> but Supergirl and myself headbutting each other <laughs> under the ground. <laughs> That's using our head, Supergirl. Uh, boy, did you make a fool of me, Sir Sears says. No, nope, nope, you, you did, did it that yourself, yourself. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I just took advantage of your stupidity to capture your whole spirit gang. Um... You see, 
Lois, back at the Daily Planet. Now, here's your payoff, Rob. Back at the Daily Planet, when Clark Kent shows up alive, you see, Lois, Superman kept me in the fortress after the fake Arctic explosion. Wasn't his gag great, faking my ghost, too? As if <laughs> I were his other identity. <laughs> All of this was to play a joke on Lois. The two ghosts was an unnecessary detail so that Superman could be a dick to Lois. I was, I was just going to say he's a D-word. Oh, That's you don't awful. have to say D-word. We have an adult warning language. Okay, good. Adult language warning. Sorry. Um, yeah, there's a whole S- website called Superman is a Dick. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen for it. Just for moments exactly like this. This is awful. He did not even need to bring in or project the ghost of Clark Kent. He could have done all of this and accomplished all of his goals and left out the being a dick part to yeah. Lois Lane. Sure. I forgot about that. Uh, I, I got to the end of this when I read it. And I might have just said, I mean, I wanted to toss my iPad across the room, but uh-huh. I can't afford to replace no. it. So, uh, Superman was having a little private joke at my expense and Lana's. He knew if he pretended to reveal his identity, we'd be completely convinced he was really dead. Bah! He was actually laughing up his sleeve at us. <laughs> Maybe he still is, Lois. That's the best touch. Mm. A dick to the very end. Dick. Well, there we have it. The two ghosts of Superman. Uh, uh, one of the most intricate and unnecessary stories I've read so far. <laughs> and that's saying something. That is saying something. I mean, I do understand the idea of melting down the treasures to, to go on a, and that Superman took these actions in the end to promote the conditions that would create a crime spree that would allow him to catch the criminals. I get that. Yeah. But I just, I just, I think pretending to, uh, to revealing his identity is ridiculous and unnecessary just to be a dick to Lois Lane. Well, maybe if she wasn't so vixenish. <laughs> well, yeah, he's perfectly matched. She is a, quite an intelligent, driven and resourceful woman. Yes. So, um, I mean, they're going to continue to butt heads over the years. Sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, if, if Clark Kent were just Clark Kent and not Superman, I would say that he doesn't actually deserve Lois Lane. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think that Superman deserves her either, but that's a tale for another day. Um, are you ready to listen to uh, radio drama? Oh, I'm All I about ever. love and romance? Yes. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Mm. Stay tuned. And now, the girls' young romance true love story players present a lesson in love featurette. Your name is Joan Green. You're pretty, you have a good personality, and you've just fallen deeply in love with Dick. You should be the happiest girl alive, but you're absolutely miserable, because all you can think of is, wait till Dick sees Deborah. You feel that you must hang on to Dick as long as you can, that you mustn't let him go. Can't you stay a little longer, darling? It's awfully late, honey. Besides, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. His words, far from warming your heart, strike a chill of foreboding. No, no! Deborah is coming over tomorrow afternoon. I don't want you to meet her. Not yet. Uh, make it later in the day, Dick. 
when you finally fall deeply in love, and when Dick seems to love you just as much, you can't help wondering and worrying. Oh, darling, how long can I keep you away from Deborah? You can remember how it always was, you standing off to one side while... How about a date for Saturday night, Deborah? Get in line, shorty. This Saturday night belongs to me. Yes, you can remember how your pride suffered when. I'll give you a date if you get another fellow for Joan. You will never forget the day that Carrie, Carrie of all boys, called you up one day and... Okay, if I come over to your place right away, Joan? Why, of course, Carrie. Yes, you were almost in a state of shock as you waited that day. Yowie! Carrie Peters wants to see me, the absolute handsomest boy in town, and he wants to see me. You were so jittery when he arrived, all you could think of was... Can he hear my heart pounding? And your heart kept right on pounding after he spoke. But for a different reason. Joan, you're Deborah's best friend. Could you, uh, find out how she feels about me? You wanted to scream that day, to shout how you felt about him. But all you could say was, uh, Sure, Carrie. I'll find out if Deborah likes you. And that's how it went through the years, even when you and Deborah went out on a double date. Your friend is sure a living doll. And in your heart, you knew. He wishes he were with Deborah instead of me. But you just know that sooner or later the day of reckoning must come. Especially when... You keep mentioning the name of your best friend, Deborah. How come I've never met her? Uh, she, she usually drops over afternoons. If, if you'd care to hang around, I, uh, expect her in an hour or so. Later, your heart sinks right down to your heels when... That must be Deborah, Joan. Uh, yes, Dick. You vaguely recall introducing them, and you just stand there as in a state of semi-shock... Is he falling in love with her? But to your absolute amazement, he just acts nice and friendly. And after she leaves... Uh, isn't she beautiful, Dick? No, I'm not, I'd say she's kind of cute. You're beautiful. And your heart fills with a joy it has never before known as... It must have been pretty tough for Deborah, being your best friend and having guys comparing her to you, baby doll. <laughs> And you learn a lesson you will never forget. It doesn't matter what a girl really looks like. When Dick falls in love with her, he'll think she is the most beautiful girl in the world. And now, from Barbara Miles, with love. Dear Miss Miles, I'm going with a boy who is 16 and I am very much in love with him. I think he's in love with me. I want him to ask me to go steady. I think he likes me more than just as a friend because we went together once before we broke up and then he came back to me. I love him so much that I don't want any other girl to go out with him. Tell me how I can get him to ask me to go steady. Signed, Worried. 
Dear Worried, I don't think going steady is the answer to end all answers. If a boy who is going steady with a girl wants to date another girl, all he has to do is to stop going steady. I would suggest you stop worrying, have a little faith in the boy, and above all, have more faith in yourself. Be glad he dates you at all. Enjoy him. If you worry about being cut out, you're likely to worry yourself right out of a boyfriend because you can't be at your best when you're smothered with jealousy or worry or whatever you call it. Truly yours, Barbara Miles. Dear Miss Miles, I am 17 and going steady with a certain wonderful boy named Bob. We've been going together for a year and a half. Bob has been so kind to me and my family. My family likes him very much, and his family likes me the same way. I love Bob, and he loves me. At least, that is what he has told me. Here is where my problem starts. Bob is 16. In his actions and thoughts, especially around grown-ups, he could pass for 18 or 19. I'm very proud of him. In school, when the girls see his picture, they always ask how old he is. Sometimes I make believe I don't hear them, or I say he's 17. I do this because the girls I know have boyfriends who are in the service and are about 19, and 16 sounds so young to them. Do you think I should lie about his age? Another problem about us being 16 is that this is the age, for boys, when they feel like just dating girls and are not interested in going steady with them. Because of this, do you think I should believe him when he says he loves me? Signed, D. Dear D, I don't think you should be embarrassed about Bob's age, but I can understand why you might be. For this reason, I would say that sometimes a little white lie is in order and won't hurt a thing. It's when a little white lie becomes a habit that it's time to stop. As you grow older, you'll probably agree with me that the difference of one year or so in a person's age does not matter. As for believing the boy, why not? You will be unhappy if you don't believe him. Besides, shouldn't you give him the benefit of the doubt unless you have reason to do otherwise? Truly yours, Barbara Miles. Dear listeners, because of the great volume of mail that reaches my desk, I cannot possibly undertake to answer any questions personally. If a personal reply is absolutely necessary, then please enclose a stamped self-addressed envelope. Truly yours, Barbara Miles. In these dark and angry times.